Well, today I want to pick up where I started Monday and Tuesday of this week and bring you the third part of listening to God's warning signs. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. This has been a very busy week. We've been doing so much and trying to get the radio program done. It has been a challenge. We've had accommodation of some doctor appointments, some other ministry appointments, and still trying to you know, sort things out for, for the sale of our home in Georgia. And we hope that maybe by tomorrow I can share some more news on where all of that stands. A place we have found up here that might work. I should know by tomorrow if we can do all of this, and I'll let you know then. There's still so much in the air. I, I just wish I could tell you all the good news. But I'll tell you this much. I appreciate more than you will ever know your prayers of support. During these past several weeks in particular, it has been a deeply and challenging time, both on the health front and trying to understand where God would have me to be in all that he wants me to do. There's been some sleepless nights because you try to think out what, what I, I just want to be certain that what I'm doing is what I should be doing. And my wife and I are extremely sensitive to that. So your prayers are still coveted and wanted and, and so much desired. And I will do my best tomorrow on the Friday and weekend edition to kind of summarize all the things that have occurred and still are occurring this week as I come before the microphone today. And I think it all should be sorted out by then. I will say this much on the health front. Things have made a dramatic improvement and literally to total normal. And I should have even more information from the doctor's visit. And I'll give you all that as well on Friday. So just so much in the background. Just keep us in your prayers. I want to thank Jim Calhoun for stepping up to the plate for yesterday's program. He had to be gone a good portion of Wednesday. And so I put the program together with Jim just before we did all that. And so once again, a big thank you to Jim Calhoun for you know stepping up and helping out. Now let me begin the program today with just some thoughts. I was thinking back 50 years ago. And it's a good a good landmark. And then even 100 years ago and 150 years ago and even 200 years ago. Where we have progressed and how fast we have progressed. If you go back 100 years ago, many homes in America did not even have electricity. Most homes in America, believe it or not, didn't even have a telephone. Radio was just beginning its infancy with very low-powered and very primitive equipment a hundred years ago. And within 50 years, between 1922 and 1972, there were a number of dramatic advances in technology. I mean, remember, you had people with kerosene lights, some early... Um, you know, the beginning of electrification, especially in rural America. The first radios people bought were powered 
by these massive batteries. And a lot of people use what's called a cat whisker radio, just like a little set of inexpensive earphones, very primitive, to a diode and a piece of wire attached to an antenna and to some kind of a grounding point, like a a metal pipe for water. And that's how people were able to listen to the very first broadcast. And over a period of about 10 years, the technology improved. A lot of research, a lot of money went into it because there was a, you know, radio could be a money maker. So, of course, there was a lot of investment. By the time we get to 1972 and I hop on board the, the Radio Express and become a radio announcer, we've come a long way in 50 years. AM radio is still king. FM radio is growing. FM stereo is becoming very popular. Television, which had started in 1948. We now had color television by the 1960s. I can remember our family purchased our first color TV set around 1970. We were still on a big black and white up until that time. And we didn't have cable TV. We had an outside antenna, like most people did. And depending on where you lived, you were lucky to get two or three, maybe four channels, if you were lucky. If you live near a big city, you might even have more. And so most people were content with ABC, NBC, and CBS TV, and occasionally PBS, and in some bigger towns, even an independent station. That was our technology up till 1972. We had push-button telephones. But nobody had a cell phone. Nobody, except the extremely wealthy, had some kind of a portable or car telephone. The state of the art, in 1972, for the way that we lived, you were doing really well if you had a color TV set, like 23 or 25 inches. You had a car that might have an FM radio. You had a table radio that may or may not have FM. You might have bought a stereo system, whether it's component or a console, that had AM, FM, and a you know phono input to play records. Maybe a tape input, eventually to play cassettes or eight tracks or even reel-to-reel. And we had telephone booths everywhere to make phone calls when we were away from home. And I, I can remember those years well. Working at a small radio station in a small town, everybody knew who I was because of my my being on a radio station that more than half the people listen to at least once a day. How the world has changed in the next 50 years. Our technology is doubling and doubling at a rate that is becoming frightening. It took us hundreds of years to go from even understanding what electricity was to the first vacuum tube. Then it took another 60, 70 years for the first solid-state devices to appear. About 50 years. And from then, the first integrated circuits by the late 1960s. And now, microscopic circuitry that can do things 
by a factor of 100,000 in the same size of the early chips that we had in the 1960s. And it really, they impressed me immensely, these integrated circuits. Legacy media is still there. New media is the hottest thing. And the reason I'm giving you this little bit of a scientific background, back in the 1960s, 70s, and 1980s, a lot of people watched their television over the air. Now most people watch their television either via satellite, cable, or streaming. And there are not as many people anymore with an outside antenna like there once was. They are now the minority. Digital television offers incredible opportunity for multiple channels from one TV station. We've, we're, we're in a different world. Now, I'm just going to make this one little side comment here. I, I, I follow some, shall we say, groups of old radio guys. And they all complain that radio just isn't as good as it was back when we did it in, in 1965 or 1980 or whatever. We had live announcers and we had staff. We had this. And man, I just don't like all this computer automation. The problem is the general public doesn't really care. In fact, radio listenership has been going down. Because people are, the younger people are, are doing a lot of streaming. They use Spotify. They use, other, they use a number of places to get their music. They don't have to wait for a radio announcer to tell them what the temperature or the time is. They don't have to wait till the top of the hour or something to, to hear the news. They don't have to wait 5, 10, or 15 minutes to get a weather forecast. If they have a smartphone, all of that is available in a split second. And they can also play their favorite tunes to earbuds or headphones that don't even have wires. So the younger generation is into a very different technology. It could be said in the 1950s. Newly married couples desiring to spend a fortune on a television set and their parents not even worrying about ever getting one. That's where we are today. But today, many, many of the folks that are getting up there in age that are retired, like myself, we have smartphones. We have big screen television sets. We've adapted to the new technology, the baby boomers, better than our parents ever adapted to the technologies prior. And younger people today, the idea, and and people say, you know, if we just go back to live radio announcers like we had back in the 70s, everybody would listen to AM radio again. No, they won't. No, they won't. That horse has left the barn, and it's not coming back. But legacy media like shortwave, which we are on, AM and FM radio, which we are on, still has an audience. People like me, even though I do have the new media, I still have full access and listen to legacy media. And I do that because I want an alternate pathway for news and information. 
I don't want to be dependent upon the tech tyrants. Which brings me to the topic for this first part of the program today. We may already be in an ambiguous World War III and don't even really know it yet. Let me say that again. We may very well already be in an ambiguous World War III. And most of us don't even know it. Today, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, this term called fifth generation warfare. It's different than the warfare that we previously knew and understood. First generation warfare relied on, you know, columns of of men coming to fight each other. Eventually, you know, the hand-to-hand combat of ancient times was replaced with with various weapons and even the the single-shot musket gun with a bayonet as as its primary weapon. That's, That's as far as we got by the time the United States was in the Revolutionary War, and it hadn't gotten much better By the Civil War, even though there was a multi-action gun called the Gatling gun. Then we got to second-generation warfare. Think, first-generation warfare took us from the time of before Jesus Christ all the way up till, you know, literally the 1700s. Then second-generation warfare started coming into play between the Civil War and into World War I. The third generation of warfare is pretty much what we had in World War II and even in Korea, though we now have the addition of of aircraft and and all the, and, and even in second and even in first generation warfare to a degree, there were some operations done on the water. Fourth generation warfare is something that came into being starting in about the 1980s, 1990s, into 2000. We still have this insurgency of troops and and counterinsurgency. We still face off from time to time, but we use technically superior weapons. Remember watching Operation Desert Storm and all these these smart bombs that had cameras and they, they knew their target and they could just fly straight in and hit what they wanted. This was fourth generation warfare. It was the beginning of using aircraft drones instead of having a pilot. In other words, it's a combination of older generation warfare with modern technology. But the outcomes are always the same. It was the late Rush Limbaugh that had a a, a term he used when he talked about what a soldier does. They're there to kill people and break things. And that's pretty much first, second, and third, and fourth generation warfare. The object is to inflict death and destruction upon your enemy until they surrender or they're conquered. But see, ever since we've gotten into this time of computers, this time of technology, this time of the internet, the time of being connected, 
the entire concept of warfare has totally changed. While we still have the backup of fourth generation warfare, much of today's warfare, and by the way, it has its roots in a thing called the neutron bomb. The neutron bomb was designed to kill people but not to destroy infrastructure. The idea of, dest- of destroying something totally is not really the goal anymore. And so military planners and thinkers, the, those that are coming out of West Point, if they're not being so overrun with political correctness and, and gender pronouns and all the silliness that this current administration in Washington seems to thrive upon, if for just a couple of minutes we got back to the seriousness of the job, we have now this industrialized third-generation warfare that's that's being fought is is no longer the main objective the new warfare seeks to use disinformation media control social media marine lieutenant colonel stanton core says that the battlefield will be something very different than we've ever seen before it'll be cyberspace or maybe maybe how the computers control the water supply system in your town or the banking system. You know, how many, how many of you really carry cash anymore? How many people really do carry cash? Not that many. Go to a grocery store. Maybe, maybe you're one of the few that may buy something with cash at a grocery store. How many people are using a debit card, an EBT card, or a credit card to buy groceries or anything else at the at the big box stores or wherever people go, or even a convenience store. How many people go inside and pay in cash anymore for gasoline? Most just put their card in at the pump. So what happens if 5G warfare, which is not to be confused, confused with 5G cellular, there, there is no connection, zero connection, And the 5G stuff a lot of people send me is garbage and nonsense and baloney and BS of the highest nature. 5G phone service is not a death ray that runs little mini bots in your bloodstream. If you believe that, you're an idiot and a fool. And don't even bother to argue with me. I won't even argue back. I've been a broadcast technician for almost 50 years. I know it's inside of a cell site. I know it's inside of a 5G cell site. So please spare me the nonsense and the silliness. You're being played for a fool. Understand, this is part of 5G warfare. Fifth generation, that's all 5G stands for. Fifth generation cell phone. Fifth generation whatever. Fifth generation warfare is information and disinformation, confusion, lies, and control. And the best way to make the enemy look foolish is to make them believe something that's a lie. That's why when you tell me your 5G stories, well, it's going to run a nanobot in your bloodstream and then it's going to kill you. It's really a part of the coronavirus. It's a bunch of baloney. Just stop it. Just stop it. I read this stuff and I understand the technology and you don't know how stupid it looks to me to hear this. What is important is what 5G is really doing. 
It is moving incredible amounts of data at never before thought of speeds. That's the danger of 5G. Instantaneous connections to everything. Your phone, your appliances, when you're on the road. By the way, everyone says, you know, notice how the coronavirus came around when the 5G phones turned on. Do you realize how little of the United States is really covered in 5G? It's pathetically little. I'm in a place where I'm lucky to have 3G right now, let alone 4G when I get to town. There is no 5G anywhere near me. Doesn't yet exist in outside of major metropolitan areas. And even then, it's not complete. So the 5G is the speed of moving data, being able to control information flow with artificial intelligence in real time. Now, let me see if I can get, just follow me and stop thinking about, you know, this mega-powered death ray coming off a tower. That's not happening. Many of the 5G frequencies are the upper half of the old UHF TV spectrum that used to run millions of watts of power. Millions of watts of power. Now they're running hundreds of watts, if that. Because they're only trying to cover a small area. There are more towers to make more connections in a smaller area that are wider for speed of data. That's all it is. I could probably touch the antennas on this thing while they're operating and feel virtually nothing. So don't think of this as some high-powered death ray and nanobots. I mean, you're, you're, you're trying to combine two totally different technologies that have no relationship. What 5G does is the speed of data. Now, the other thing to be concerned about is how computer chip technology gets better and better and better. We have computer chips that can do so many millions of operations per second, per fraction of a second. And we are creating what is considered artificial intelligence to to make automatic decisions where maybe if you and I had to make a decision on a major topic, it may take us a few hours in a, in a meeting. Artificial intelligence can go through all that discussion and weighing the options in a split second. Let me repeat that. Where you and I discussing something may take hours to come to a reasonable solution This creation of computer-speeded artificial intelligence. It's just a computer doing a full scenario on a topic and arriving at a conclusion. So the danger of 5G warfare and all the technology that's connected to it, it can track when you leave your home where you're going. And if you're going to some place you haven't gone before, Artificial intelligence can decide if you're going to be a danger or is this something that would be like a vacation. The day's coming when artificial intelligence 
will track your every move. It'll look at it. It'll know all the social media that you're on and the things that you say, the things that you do, because you've allowed your life and your appliances. It'll know every time you turn your oven on or run the microwave. Those those devices are here when you turn your lights on at night. And it's going to build a database on the things that you do. And it's going to be able to connect if there's anything out of the ordinary for you in real time. Where it doesn't take 5, 10 minutes or an hour or a day to make a decision on what you're doing. Artificial intelligence will come to the point, And it won't be long. With all of us connected. This has been part of the pandemic, if you, did, if you haven't figured this out yet. All those coronavirus tracking apps, they had a reason. To learn how to track where you're going, what you're doing. And people get their cell phone and it has GPS data. I mean, let's face it. The the documentary movie called 2000 Mules. All they did was buy the data of where cell phones were and were and people on the move. And they used computers to drill down to figure out who's been going to ballot boxes on a regular basis at 2 o'clock in the morning and who goes to some Democrat-related political office on the same, in the same time frame. Imagine artificial intelligence tracking all of us by how we use our debit cards, our credit cards, how much money goes in and out of our bank account and where our cell phone travels to. Say we can this is why I, when people talk to me about, well, Bob, you really need to understand 5G. Yes, I already understand 5G. Thank you very much. Is your background electronics? Well, well no. Well, then don't tell me what I know. This is the danger that anybody in this industry can tell you. It's the speed of moving data, how much data is being collected, and what systems are making decisions about that data. There are people talking about predictors that can look at the things you say on social media or in an email. By the way, if you use Gmail, you do understand that Google is reading your Gmail, just so you know. It's why it's free. Anybody giving you free email is reading your email to target you for advertising. But it can also be used to target how you think and the things that you do, the things that you say. Even your text messages will no longer be private. And we're being told that the day is coming that artificial intelligence can predict who that next school shooter is going to be. So all we have to do is allow the government to have access to what we do, what we say, where we go, and who we associate with. And artificial intelligence will take over the rest. It's not a death ray. It's an information superhighway that connects everything about you and your health, even what you eat, 
You heard that the other day in the program. I shared that. This one company talking about your carbon footprint app. And they mean business. You are, you know, you are a danger to the planet if you're a human being that eats food, especially if you eat meat. You're killing the planet with your car and your food choices. And they brag about the day when all of that, all of it, people will be willingly tracked. I'm serious. I've noticed one thing. Maybe you haven't, maybe you have. Where, I'm res- where I don't allow a lot of things to connect where people can find out. There's certain things I don't care about. I just don't because, you know, everybody does virtually the same thing with a lot of stuff. So there's nothing in my life out of the ordinary that they're tracking. But young people today, and this is why, this is why you'll never see me use TikTok. I know a lot of people do and they, they say, Bob, you look at this video on TikTok. I don't even go there. And there's a, there's a legitimate reason why I don't. Because you are, if you look, anytime you put an app on your phone, and then there's all these little disclosures, say yes for all these permissions. Young people today never read the permissions. They don't realize that they're allowing TikTok to track their GPS and everything they're doing. The Chinese now know everything you're doing because you said, hey, welcome to my phone and you can probe my phone and learn all about me. You do the same thing with an Android phone. You're doing the same thing with an Apple phone. If you're not careful on what you're doing with your technology. While a bunch of people are made to look ridiculous talking about the 5G death ray and nanobots, they're ignoring the real danger that is already in play and being used long before the first 5G phone was ever turned on. It's just now they can track more people in real time. You could track billions of people with 5G. That's the key. It, once it's fully deployed. And, and I've had this discussion with so many people on the technical side that have been around this technology and the technology I've been around, and we understand each other well. When I, I was talking to a guy that, that deals with cell phone sites, and I said, so everyone thinks you got a death ray up there, and this guy about fell over on the ground laughing. And I mean, he's a good, he, trust me, if there was anything wrong inside of that building, If you don't believe me, hire somebody you know with a spectrum analyzer. Go to the nearest cell phone site and you'll find out exactly what is emanating. I know there are a lot of conspiracies out there that are real. I get it. I don't trust my government as far as I can throw it. And I don't trust the government we have right now in D.C., in Washington, or in Ottawa at all. We have the most evil, satanically inspired and driven administration in the history of this country. I'm ready to get Jimmy Carter and Obama and and Clinton back by comparison to what's in the White House now. What we have in Washington is a puppet. 
that they can manipulate, who has a history that can put them in prison, and they know they can use it against them. In Ottawa, you've got you've got a New World Order kind of guy that's a, a graduate of the Young Leaders Training Program at the World Economic Forum. And this repeats itself all over the world. The elites want control of your life. And then they'll decide who's worth living and who's not worth living. Whether by design, by the Chinese, or by accident, we will see a lot of people die prematurely because of what happened with COVID and the vaccines. I don't have all the detail, but the numbers are already coming out. So we have a good idea of what to expect. Now, I know I lost a few of you. Maybe if you're still with me after my 5G rant, understand what 5G warfare is. And it has nothing to do with your cell phone in particular. It has to do with the entire data footprint of you. What if they can knock out the grid? We know we, we, we know an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse bomb, can probably wipe out a whole region and put them without electricity for weeks or months or years. Those are the real dangers, the EMPs, the control of data. Imagine getting up tomorrow and you need to go somewhere and you got to get gas, even though it's, you know, overly expensive. And you get to the gas pump and the pump doesn't work. Okay, so you decide, I'll I'll just go inside. And I have $20 in cash so I can get myself enough gas to get to work and back. Uh, man, our 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 our, uh, our, our uh, point of sale software is not working. I, we can't. We're, we're waiting for the guy to fix it. Well, I need gas. Well, I can't turn the pump on. It's all broke. This is the kind of stuff that can happen. Interruption of your ability to buy food, buy gasoline. That's the danger. Technology is going to tie it all together. We're we're a bad operator can ruin that cycle. Those are the real dangers that lie ahead. You can go into a dream world of a 1950s sci-fi movie all day long, and really the damage that will be done with just information in this fifth generation warfare will be far greater than some 5G death ray you can envision from a cell tower No, the real danger is the absolute control and the disruption of society as we know it. Imagine electricity being gone for six months. Imagine no grocery stores, no way to buy gas or anything for six months. The number of people that would kill each other would be more than warfare could ever do. And that's the real danger. Like I say, I know that I've gotten a few of you mad and I've done this before, but I I just have to tell you the truth. And I've read all these articles about the stuff that a lot of people send me, and they're all nonsense. And when the real danger is crystal clear in front of you, you're so busy, you, you can't see the forest because of this one tree. And all the real long term dangers. Like I say, tomorrow I'm going to update you on a lot of stuff. But here we are in July, coming up to the middle of July. And I hope that you can keep us on the air on shortwave. 
I know it's old school, but at least I'm not being dependent upon delivery through Amazon service or something like that. You'll be able to get it on radio with a battery-powered radio. If you believe in our work, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address is 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. And the city is Crestview, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. That's 32536. And we will be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The other exorcisms coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, the Lord told us that his disciples have the power of exorcism. Now, we think of exorcism often as something involving people rolling on the floor or screaming obscenities or, you know, the movie The Exorcist or heads turning around. But now it may, may be so, but that's not the only kind of exorcism. In John 2.15, it says, Messiah drove them out of the temple. But the word here is ekbalo, which is the same word for exorcism. He drove them out of the temple, threw them out. So we, if you are a disciple, you have the power of ekbalo, or the power to exercise, to take out evil. We don't have a passive faith. We have a we have a powerful faith. We have to be powerfully opposed to evil. And so we have the power not only to cast out spirits, but to cast out evil in every part of life. We are to be the casters out of evil in end time civilization. You know, you've got the power, not just to talk about evil and complain about what's going on in the world, but to actually drive out evil, drive out darkness. You have the power to cast out evil in your surroundings, in your own life. You see, evil spirits aren't the only thing that need to be cast out. Anything in your life of sin needs to be cast out. Anything in your life that's not of God has to be cast out. Anything in your life that is a distraction, a waste, a diversion from God has to be cast out. And you've got that power, not only to receive new things into your life, but to cast out old things out of your life. So cast those things in your life out because you've given the power to exercise. And there are other kinds of exorcism. Want more? Ask for the four powers. I'll tell you the powers you have. Now, what if you could receive daily vitamins guaranteed to strengthen your spiritual walk with God? Six months supply for free. Well, you can. Sapphire's daily spiritual vitamins for a victorious walk with God and updates on Israel prophecy, the incredible mystery of the temple doors on CD as well, thrown in all free. You'll love it. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, you can actually spread salvation around the world for very little through shortwave radio. From the Arctic Circle to Israel, it's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks around the world, and you can do it. Make an impact. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be blessed. Y-E-S. H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Love to hear from you. Just write to The Nice Jewish Boy in that box 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's The Nice Jewish Boy box 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, cast it out. Shalom Alechem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Yeshua Tenu, our salvation.
This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I want to change directions a little bit. I'm still keeping on this topic of, of seeing all the warning signs of where we're going. And one of the things that has been baffling to me ever since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020 is why are some people able to ultimately discern some truth and others still holding on to a lie? And then I have to wonder how many people that are well-educated know it's a lie, but they keep pushing the lie. And this has been... This has been, to me, one of the hardest things I've had to try to figure out. I'll I'll just kind of sum it up this way. What did you and I know, the average person, about a coronavirus and a pandemic in December of 1999? Not much of anything. Or in 2018. How many people really even heard of it when it first came around as a quote, pandemic in 2003 and 2004. I really don't remember it. I remember H1N1, the swine flu thing. But all of a sudden, the news story started to leak out in January of some kind of a a strange illness from China. Can't say that, that's racist, but It came from, you know, China. Now, follow me here. We went through a period of time where we had a story here and a story there and a story over yonder. And nobody was really getting too upset, but you started taking notice. I know that I did. When we first heard of that news story, it was probably, it was in February. It was in February, and... um, my wife and I had just gotten back of to Florida a few weeks before. We had been in our little place in Georgia, and we came back right after, right after the Christmas holiday. And we were, I had things that I was going to be doing during the winter time. And, and I can remember it was one one evening in February. My phone rang, and I recognized the name a friend of mine that I'd worked with in emergency management saying, have you been following the news? And I said, well, which story? And he said, oh, about the, about the uh, coronavirus and a disease they call COVID-19. And I mean, we hadn't even started using that yet. He said, Bob, it's going to be big and I need your help. I need to get my old team together, I, you know, because I'm now the emergency manager. And he said, where? Big County. And he said, I, he said, I could really use your help. Would you consider coming to where up here? And I said, yeah, I guess I would. Once again, I didn't know that much about it yet. And I'm thinking, oh, it's like the flu. It's going to last for you know a short period of time. Once again, what did you know and what did I know? And I'd worked in emergency management before, so I talked it over with my wife. And she said, yeah, maybe you ought to go up there. So we made the arrangements, and I drove up. Took me a while to get there. I stopped first at our Georgia home on the way to pick up some stuff I was going to need and proceeded on, checked into a nice hotel they had set up for me. 
And then we had our briefings, and I realized I'm going to be here for quite a while, at least by what they were telling me. After all, the Imperial College of London, who can never be wrong, says that this county can expect 3,000 people to die by the summertime. 3,000? An unbelievably high number of cases, like 30, 40,000 cases. Obviously, that would overwhelm the hospital system. There is no possible way to deal with that many deaths in that particular community that fast. And so I did my job getting things ready for that kind of a inevitability that never happened. But all during that time, we had nonstop messages of fear coming from the television set, from all of social media, If you walked into a grocery store, please stay six feet apart. Only go follow the arrows up and down the aisle because you can only go in one direction. Put on your face mask. Your mask protects me and mine protects you. All this, it is a never-ending propaganda warfare. Schools are closed. Businesses are shut down. For two weeks, which became four weeks, which became months. Only people doing really well were government because they never shut down and they don't lay anybody off. They, you know, we had people I, I know in the where I served at. There are people doing Zoom meetings once a week in their pajamas, still getting their full paycheck, and they're working in departments that have nothing to do with coronavirus, that are dealing with Parks and Recreation, which is shut down. Yeah, government always gets their paycheck. And I'm watching restaurant after restaurant closed. And then within weeks, a sign out of business for sale. They couldn't survive the month or six weeks. They couldn't do it. And it kept going on and on and on. And more fear-mongering. Wear two masks, because that, that's better than one. Maybe wear three. And people became conditioned into fear. That is one of the real kicks of this fifth generation of warfare. It is an information and disinformation, fear-inspired war. There are people to this day that will never go away from their home again. Even if tomorrow morning, if Joe Biden or Justin Trudeau or any of the world leaders got up and said, Corona is over. No need to do anything. We're done. The last case happened and it's never coming back. There are people that will wear a face mask for the rest of their life in fear. And we already know after study, after study, after study, that a face mask is absolutely and totally worthless. It never did stop you from getting or spreading a virus. It was it was theater. And it was such good theater, people believed it was real. Then the whole thing about the vaccines, this has been something else that has been troubling to me. During the time that Donald Trump was president and Anthony Fauci the little evil man that stands on a, you know, he's got to stand on a 
pile of phone books to get over to get over the lectern. He was telling everybody, "Oh, it'll take years to get a vaccine. It ain't gonna happen. Oh yeah, yeah, Operation Warp Speed. Eh, it's 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 a it's a fool's game. Takes years to get a vaccine. Years, I tell you. You're gonna have to stay home and wear a face mask forever until we get a vaccine in five years, maybe ten, maybe never." This was what Fauci was saying. And any other doctor that came up with something that worked, which there were a lot of things that did work to to treat it, because number one, here's one thing I have learned from a real medical doctor. The way you die of COVID is not COVID. You die of bacterial pneumonia or something related to it that you're getting from all this your body fighting back a respiratory virus. Normally, we treat bacterial pneumonia like bacterial pneumonia with a fairly good success rate. But when coronavirus came, for some unexplained reason, the CDC cast off and the FDA threw away a body of science that goes back hundreds of years and demanded that it be treated differently. And once again, because our healthcare system was destroyed, destroyed during the Obama years, doctors were afraid to do anything except what the CDC said you can do for fear of losing their license. They kept their mouth shut and they were obedient because their entire practice, their entire Education that they're still in debt for is totally on the line. And so we didn't treat COVID patients like we used to treat flu patients or anybody else. And I can still remember the LoveGov, one of the most, you know, reprobate-minded governors New York ever had, you know, St. Andrew Cuomo the Pious with his brother Chris. I need ventilators. I need 40,000 ventilators tomorrow because everybody's going to get COVID and they need that to live. We learned one thing, that the ventilator was a death sentence about 80 some odd percent of the time. About 85% of, between 80 and 85% died on the ventilator. That's not the way you treat bacterial pneumonia. It made it worse. But that was the prescribed protocol. There's a man that I know in Florida. He's a bit older than I am. Ended up in a hospital with COVID. And he was doing terribly. He was in a VA hospital. And, you know, all they're doing is saying, well, if it gets any worse, he's going on a ventilator. Well, you have to know my friend and you have to know his wife. She wasn't having it. And she and some of her friends and a lawyer went up to that VA hospital and they got him out of there with them objecting. You can't take him. And she said, you want to bet? And out he went to the car, barely, you know, off the ventilator. He wasn't on it yet. He was going to be on one. Taken to a monoclonal antibody site. And he's alive today. He would have been dead by now. He would have been dead a long time ago. This is just how it was going. 
Face masks for children, unnecessary. But the farther to the left politically you are, the more you scream for face mask and face diapering and social distancing and the vaccine. Funny, when it was Trump's vaccine, it's never going to happen. As soon as Trump loses the election, magically within a week, we have a vaccine. And we're going to roll it out next month. Kamala Harris, who said, I'll never take that vaccine. It's a Trump vaccine. She and her new boss were trying to do everything to mandate you take it. We're losing military people that refuse to take this poisonous vaccine. And I call it that for a reason. It Number one, it does not stop you from getting or spreading COVID-19. And ever since the first go-round, it's having no impact on your mortality, except your odds of dying are now increased if you are double and triple vaccinated. People that got the virus that have never been vaccinated have a 97% chance of not being reinfected. But those that have been vaccinated seem to be getting reinfected on a regular basis. Why? We've ruined the immune. The more you take of this stuff, the more you're suppressing the immune system. We're having too many people die of unexplained sudden causes that we've never seen before. And it wasn't but about a couple of weeks ago. Quietly, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Resources announced that in partnership with the Department of Defense, have agreed to buy another 105 million doses of Pfizer's emergency use authorized COVID-19 shot. In other words, not even Comirnaty, which is supposed to be the FDA approved. They're, they're still using the one that gives you zero rights for $3.2 billion with an option to buy 300 million more. Now, why would we want to use this failed vaccine for something that we know doesn't work? And the problem is a lot of people that have already been vaccinated will think they have to keep doing it and keep doing it. The effectiveness in in kids 5 to 11 is terrible. For infants, you know, six months to to five, it it has more dangers than any benefit. And yet they seem to think, and this is my question, either they are so nefarious, knowing how deadly these may be to certain groups of people, and they don't care because they've sold their soul ages ago, or, and this is what I tend to believe, These are people of a leftist mind that believe in gender fluidity, that believe a boy can become a girl, a girl can become a boy just by self-identifying. They don't believe in God the creator, but they worship the creation. And they believe that infant sacrifice or abortion is a good thing. And so what I've come to conclude is this. They have been given over to mass delusion. And in the face of evidence that says the vaccines do not work, they cannot see that evidence. And they believe with every ounce of their being, willingly, that you must take the vaccine because it works. The entire military must be vaccinated to save them. 
even though the evidence doesn't support any of it. They are, as the Bible teaches, have been given over to mass delusion, where they can't even see the truth anymore, and they are so believing the lie, the lie becomes their truth, their normalcy. And that's where we live today. Jesus Christ is coming again. No doubt in my mind. The enemy of our soul is going to be using every tool in his arsenal to control us. You know it and I know it. And I believe the most dangerous thing that we face is how we're going to be tracked by artificial intelligence. And the infrastructure is rapidly falling into place with understandable, legitimate technology to make it happen. No super secret anything doesn't need it. We all know about Wi-Fi. We all know about, we have a cell phone. We all know about the internet. Imagine it on steroids, as the saying goes, in higher speed. And then you mix in artificial intelligence to know what you and your family does and alert people when something is out of the ordinary that requires an additional look. Don't believe me? Look at Facebook and, and all the others. They're algorithms. They look at the things you say. And and I'm you know, and they will they'll flag it and then they'll call it disinformation or remove it. And that's done by a computer, not by a person. And then it takes forever to explain to that to a human being why the owl or the artificial intelligence or the AI was wrong. That's the world we live in. Twitter does it automatically. So does Facebook. So do all of them. So does YouTube. YouTube can scour a program like mine and call everything I just told you disinformation and then let you believe some of the silly nonsense that makes you look foolish. That's built into the algorithm too, just so you know. Do you believe in the work that we're doing here at Truth to Ponder? I've got a very special program lined up for tomorrow, a lot of things to share. Would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio to help pay for the radio airtime? Mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code is 32536. That zip code again, 32536. By the way, you can go to our website and you can even use Give, Send, Go, a Christian alternative to PayPal. And we'll see you tomorrow. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.